Cinephiles. Hello and welcome back to American Cinephiles. My name is Kyle. And with me, as always, is my good friend, Nick. Nick, how are you doing this evening? I'm good. How are you? I am doing well. It's a little warm here, but that is because we are, you know, in a ring of fire, I guess. Thank you, John Milan. Can I start with a fun fact? You can start with a fun fact. Today's fun fact, Karen Gillian is five foot 11. Is she? Yeah, I saw that on her Twitter. Oh, well, good for her. Yeah. Uh, she is quite lovely. She is. Amazing I, in Jumanji. I haven't seen Jumanji. How How is she in Jumanji? Uh, she's fine. Yeah? Just, just fine? Yeah, I didn't plan any further ahead than that fact, so. Well, fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so, uh, it's been a while, Nick. What has been going on with you? Uh, not a lot of work. Just work, 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 work. Just work, 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 work. Yeah, how about you? Uh, work, yes. And, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> you got yourself an Xbox, though. I did get myself an Xbox Series X, yes. Uh, boy. It was the easiest, um, easiest one to get. Uh, I got it from Target, and... I can honestly say I am glad I got it finally. Nice. Yeah. I mean, yes, I'm still looking for a PS5, but that's going to come. That will come later. They're saying uh, 2022, end of 2022. So. See, now you just ruined everything. That's what they're projecting, they're, yeah. when it's going to be more readily available. So, But this isn't the American Game of Files podcast, Kyle. No, it's the American Cinephiles podcast. So what do you got? What are we doing? Well, What's on the menu? What's on the menu? Oof. Uh, well, I think we're going to start with a pizza, and then we're going to go to the mozzarella sticks. We're going to go reverse. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, I mean, one of the first major things that happened today was um, news broke that Henry Cavill is... Uh, looking to become the new Highlander. What? How How versed are you in like the Highlander universe? I know Sean Connery was in at least one of them. Okay. And that's all I know. Okay. That That's good enough. Um, so Highlander, they are a bunch of immortals and the only way that they can kill them, each other, is to chop their heads off with a sword. Or an axe. That I think I knew, yeah. And isn't there like, there can be only one. There can be only one. Yes. I learned that Um, from Zach and Mary make a porno. (laughs) Everything I learned about Highlander, I learned from a Kevin Smith movie about making porn. Of course. So. Um, I mean, Adrian Paul, he was also like in the Highlander uh, TV show. And they also did some like direct to DVD videos. And he was in, like, the original movie, too? No, no, no. That was uh, the guy who played Raiden in Mortal Kombat. Okay. I can't think I, of his name right now. I was going to say, that's great. You never see an actor making a jump from a movie to the series that the movie's based Like, the only one I could think of is, like, Bradley Cooper for Limitless. But even that was, like, a not a cameo, from what I understand. More like a very minor supporting role. Yeah. 
he I think he was um, in a couple episodes. Yeah. Well, I mean, I so I don't know anything about Highlander, but I love Henry Cavill. I love mm-hmm. uh, Chad. Oh, Chad something. He's Polish. Something Chadski. I'm going to call him. Okay. Uh, he directed um, the John Wick franchise. So. Oh, very good. I, I mean, I think it's, you know, I, again, like, obviously I'll have to watch the original now um, before seeing this new one, but I'm... Christopher Lambert. Oh, that was the original? Lambert, yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'll watch anything with Henry Cavill in it. The only thing I'm concerned about is I feel like a lot of movies like this, like, they cast people because of what they were in that, you know, preceding it, and they're like, oh, he's... Good. Like, you watch The Witcher... Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, Henry Cavill would make a great Highlander. I don't know if that, is that what he is. He's playing a Highlander. Henry Cavill would be playing the Highlander. Yes. Okay. So you know what I mean? Where it's like it's just weird seeing like, hey, he was good as Geralt in The Witcher. He's like the same as Highlander. So like, then they cast him in that. You know, I just I mm-hmm. hope he doesn't get typecast. Yeah, but at the same time, he's he broke the Superman curse and he still has a. a a career outside of Superman, so yeah, that he does. I mean, yeah. he also was in Mission Impossible: Fallout and The Man from Uncle. Yeah, a great movie. I enjoy it. Guy yeah. Ritchie did that one. Yeah, I love, I love, um, just like everything about Henry Cavill. He seems like such a like. You look at him and you're like, this dude is a beefcake. I just want to fucking <laughs> wow. And. Uh, but then you find out he's like a big gamer. He's a huge, like he's addicted to World of Warcraft, builds mm-hmm. his own PCs and stuff. Uh, it's just, it's cool to see someone like that who seems to be super down to earth. Um, Aaron, uh, Chunk Taylor was like, so against his catching and his casting in Witcher. And then I saw him and I was blown away. Yeah, that I thought it was weird when I first heard about it. I was like, Mads Mikkelsen would be so much of a better choice for Geralt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then when you watch him playing the role it's just you're just kind of like he's perfect and i honestly i hate to say it i still think he was the perfect uh superman too i, oh, he's I great as superman. everything i've seen him in he, he never takes away from anything he's in he's never done like a shitty job in anything he he mm-hmm. makes it his own um so i'm I, you know I, i'm not even i don't know anything about highlander i've never seen him um but just with his casting, even though I'm a little like, all right, like don't typecast the guy. I'm I'm still all about it. So uh, I know he was in Tudors, and I never got to watch that. But from what I've, from everything else that I've seen him in, I have I have enjoyed him. Yeah, I hear there's a lot of fucking in Tudors. Yeah, and I haven't seen The Witcher yet, so I mean, no spoilers. But Jesus Christ, good? Kyle. What? How have you not seen The Witcher? Because uh, I haven't played any of the games or read the books. You don't need to. Uh, uh, my wife hasn't. And I actually didn't think she was going to like the show at all. I thought she would hate it. Um, and she loved it. Maybe even more than I did. The first season is weird. It's very... There's weird time jumps. Um, and the first couple episodes, it's it's tough for you to wrap your mind around it. Um, and they're not going to do that for the second season, thankfully. But... I, I would highly recommend it. I think I think you guys really like it. Okay, I guess I guess that is my homework. I will have to watch The Witcher. That a boy. Excellent. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about before we get into the 
no, I guess we're done. This was a good one. All right. Um, so, <laughs> so HBO released a new video um, last week. Uh, Those who wish me dead. It stars. Angelina. I wouldn't call it a video. I'd call it a movie. Did a I film. say video? I meant yeah. movie. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, I know. But it stars Angelina Jolie, John Barenthal, Nicholas Holt, Aiden Gillian, Tyler Perry, for whatever reason. In one scene. Yeah, in one scene. <laughs> it was very weird. <laughs> and those are the big names. Yeah. Um, and Littlefinger from uh, Game of Thrones. Yep. Aiden Gillian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the uh, movie goes like this. Steel reeling for the loss of three lives. Hannah is a smoke jumper who's perched in a watchtower high above the Montana wilderness. She, sh- she soon encounters Connor, a skittish boy who's bloodied, traumatized, and on the run in the remote forest. As Hannah tries to bring him safety, she's unaware of the real dangers of follow. Two relentless killers hunting Connor in a fiery blaze consuming everything in its path. Dun, dun, dun. I was just about to do that. So I watched this movie last night, <laughs> and I don't know if it's just the state of like movies now, but this one was hard to like grab my attention and to keep it. Okay. I I enjoyed it, but I was just like, okay. I mean, she's probably not going to die at the end. And the, neither is the boys, so... Are we doing spoilers here? Of course, this is always a spoiler cast. Okay. Blanket spoilers. Uh, surprise! She lives. Right. Uh, and also, do not fuck with the Punisher. Oh, really? Because he doesn't live, so... <laughs> See, that... Okay, okay was, it, was it stated that he didn't live or that well i read the book uh, a long time ago yeah a really good book like one of the better books i've read i'd say in the past 10 years okay um and the director tyler sheridan uh you've watched sons of anarchy right yeah do you remember in the first two seasons there's the cop that helps them the older guy unser but then there's hale and he's kind of the hard-ass cop I think so. The name sounds very familiar. That is Tyler Sheridan. Oh. So he wrote and directed Wind River. He wrote um, um, Hell or High Water. He wrote Sicario. Uh, he's written and or directed some of the best like noir Western movies. Oh, and Yellowstone, a show that I binged. Actually, repping it right now. Um which I watched the I watched all three seasons in uh, two weeks, week and a half. Damn. Um, phenomenal show. He is one of the best writers, one of the best directors out there, especially for things, you know, like I said, like kind of noir Western um, or anything modern Western. He's amazing with. And you can tell, and I read up on it after, that this movie was, it went through rewrite after rewrite after rewrite. And typically when that happens, you don't bring, I mean, you don't bring someone as big as Tyler Sheridan on. The reason he said he'd come on and he would write and direct it 
he said, if I get Angelina Jolie to do this, I get to write and direct, you know, rewrite and direct mm-hmm. the movie. And the studio was like, okay, fine. You're never going to get Angelina Jolie. So oh. that's fine. And well, spoilers. I know you said this is a spoiler cast, but he did get Angelina Jolie. Um, and it, while I, I did enjoy the movie, it, it, it held my attention. I thought there were some really intense scenes that I enjoyed. Um, it doesn't hold a candle to Wind River, Sicario, uh, Hell or High Water, mm-hmm. you know, Yellowstone. It, it's not his best effort behind the camera or as a writer. And I don't blame him really. Cause again, you know, it went through a lot of rewrites and it does feel like that. So for example, what you were saying, you know, you didn't know until I just told you like John Bernthal definitely dies at the end. Right. Like, it's yeah, kind of even when I even when I watched it, we we had to Google it because mm-hmm. it seems like he does because his wife, you know, says, uh, does take your time. Yeah, because the EMS doesn't need to get there fast. Yeah. Um, and it, it feels like, the, you know, and, and in the books, the, the two men hunting Angelina Jolie and this kid, they are more fleshed out. There is much more of a backstory uh, in this movie. You don't really find out why these two guys are hunting this kid down other than his dad was kind of like this big tax guy who finds, you know, bad things mm-hmm. and he found some bad things and it would implicate, you know, members of Congress, politicians, and that's it. You don't know what it was that he found. And on one hand, it's kind of like, all right, so they're just hunting this, you know, they kill the kid's dad. Now they're hunting the kid down in Wyoming and that's it. It like, there's really no backstory. There's no, you don't really get a sense of who these bad guys are. Um, and I feel like a lot of that was kind of whittled down or cut out, especially when you compare it to the book. Uh, yeah. Chunk Taylor, wind fucking river. Uh, have you seen that movie? Kyle? I have not. It's got Hawkeye and uh WandaVision in it. You'd like it. Okay. Um, and they're actually, Sicario. and they're actually in a good movie this time. Sicario. Yeah. Is he actually also wrote uh, the second Sicario, which is as good, if not better than the first, in my I opinion, have that um, one that is on my list. That one is phenomenal um so you know you watch those and then you watch this and you can tell it was very it just it's it's cut weird the characters aren't memorable really other than john bernthal and his wife i thought those were the two most interesting Mm -hmm. um fleshed out characters the kid i thought did a great job um angelina jolie i'm sorry i I will never be able to see her as a as a forest firefighter (laughs) Um, especially in the flashbacks where you see, you know, you, she's kind of like tortured by something that happened uh, in her past. She tried to save some kids from a forest fire and they well, she's burnt got up. P- PTSD and I understand. Yeah. But, but you see her in this firefighter gear and you're just like, all I see is Angelina Jolie and firefighter, you know, kind of like <laughs> gravity where it's like Sandra Bullock and, uh, George Clooney in space. And I'm like, those aren't astronauts. It's Sandra Bullock and George Clooney <laughs> and a green, like that's kind of how and it a felt. Green screen, yeah. yeah. Um, that said it, I liked it for what it was kind of the same reason I like tax collector, not a great movie, but it's just sort of a fast paced little, like, we're not going to give you a whole lot of information. This isn't going to be one of your favorite movies. It's serviceable. Yeah. You know, if I, if I went to the theater to see it, I'd be a little pissed, but mm-hmm. because it was on HBO max, um, the wife and I watched it and, you know, it was a good way to spend a, a Sunday, uh, a Sunday afternoon. Um, but I probably wouldn't watch it again as opposed yeah. to anything else Tyler Sheridan has done. I would, I, I could rewatch Wind River, Sicario, uh, Hell or High Water, which is like probably my favorite 
thing that he's written um, or Wind River, those two, or Yellowstone, all three of those. I, he's amazing. So it's just very weird to see this where it's like the writing's not as great. Yeah, the directing's not as great. The pacing's a little weird. So, yeah, I mean, I. Hmm. What, I fucking yes, stump you? Yeah. yeah. Angelina <laughs> Jolie was weird in this role. Uh, a lot happened to her after, you know, after going up the the watchtower. Um, she got like, she like rope burned. She got struck by lightning. Very close. She, yeah, she gets her ass kicked by Mother Nature <laughs> and uh, Nicholas Holt in and this Nicholas movie. Nicholas Holt in a holy crap. Yeah, he I, beat the shit out of her. And then she beat the shit out of him with an axe. Or, and. And that's Whatever the thing, that and I feel like I'm going to be walking a fine line with what I'm about to say here, but it's not like we're a couple of like high-profile people where we're going to get Me Too or canceled. And actually, for what I'm saying, I think if I explain this right, it, it will make sense. Yeah. I can see a lot of people watching that scene where he's just beating the shit out of her. Mind you, they're fighting. This isn't like, you know, like domestic mm-hmm. violence or anything. Um, and a lot of people would be turned off by that and be like, wow, he's just beating this woman. This is horrible. What I love is that this is what I'm kind of talking about when I say I want to see more strong females in movies. And I don't want to see a pandering strong female that can just do anything. I want to see a a female who will get her ass kicked again and again and again, but gets up every single time. Oh yeah. You know, like she doesn't, she feels real. And that's, that's what I really liked. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I wouldn't say Angelina Jolie was amazing in it or anything, but I thought her character uh, was very well done and it harkened back a little bit to like Linda Hamilton and Terminator you know where it's like yeah you might get punched you know and thrown around a little bit but at the end of the day like I mean she was awesome in that in that final scene yeah uh, so that as hard as it was to watch where like you know I was sitting there watching her just get punched in the face over and I was like Jesus Christ like enough but then when you see her kind of like come back um, I was like, all right, I get why they went a little hard there because it's triumphant to watch her be like, hey, fuck you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, stuff like that, like little aspects like that I really enjoyed. Yeah, and the the kid, he's not going to win an Emmy or anything. He was, he played his part. Um, but, I mean, seeing your dad get shot will do anything yeah. to you. I, and that's... Lives. And that's another thing, you know, where you can tell it went through a lot of, oh, excuse me, where it went through a lot of rewrites, like they spent, like the pacing is so weird. It feels like the first half of the movie is going back and forth between Angelina Jolie hanging out with the firefighter boys and this kid and his dad on a road trip. And it's like, you could have cut off, cut out so much of the kid and his dad. Just give us like why they're on the run. That's all you have to do. You don't have to have them like driving and the dad being like, you know, years ago, Lewis and Clark were on. No one gives a shit. Like, that has yeah, nothing to if, do with the story. If they if they did the first scene where he's like getting ready for breakfast and then shows him uh, going to school, but then we're like, oh, we're playing hooky. You don't even have then, to do that. Just be like the minute he sees what happened on the news in the beginning, you yeah. know, knowing that they're being targeted just get your kid out don't take him to school just get the fuck out of there time to go 
you know, and like then, they could have they could have cut out a lot of that stuff between the dad and his son. I think. Yeah, definitely. And then have them right at that road, and then, bam, there we go. Yeah. Well, and that would have given more time to flesh out some of the other characters, like the ones in Montana. Um, yeah, but, the, the other firefighters just were there. They didn't do anything. I mean, it, it didn't feel like John Barenthal's uh, character and Angelina Jolie's character dated at all, even though they... they yeah, they, they mentioned it a couple times briefly, and that was it. But it was just like... Huh? You're 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 just acting like a cop. Yeah. Well, like, and then you know, like about he arrests her for you know doing a, a dumb stunt on the back mm-hmm. of a pickup truck, and then you know John Bernthal goes home to his wife, and she says, "Oh, you ran into your ex again," and she's just totally fine with it. I'm like, "That's fine," but like, give us a little more background, yeah. other than just mentioning it once. And I'm like, "So everyone's you know up." on the mountains of Montana and they've all fucked each other and everyone's just fine with how things aren't. I mean, it was just a little weird, but mm-hmm. um, the action scenes were great. I thought the villains were not, again, not fleshed out very well, um, but it was cool seeing how methodical they were and how smart they were. Like they were actually pretty smart most of the time. Um, and, and, you know, ruthless and vicious. Um, yeah. So they, they felt, they felt me. like, <laughs> yeah, like they felt like a couple of uh, sons of bitches to be reckoned with. So I really enjoyed that. And then Tyler Perry, just just Tyler Perry, who is the high up boss. He's like the overlord. Yeah, he has one like, scene. Get rid of him. Yeah, he has mm-hmm. one scene where they they Nicholas Holt and uh, Littlefinger drive up to him, and he's basically like, "You got to kill this kid," and and they're like, "Okay." And then that's it. And that's it. And then the big bad guy. So like, that's another thing is like, okay, so you killed the two hitmen that were sent after you. Awesome. What about the boss? What about Tyler Perry? Yeah. Can't he send more? I think so. You know, if like, this, if this whole thing is as big as they're saying where it could implicate like members of Congress, this isn't over. You well, know? I think we're led to believe once the media arrives there and you're right. Is said, it's just, it's over. It's yeah, at the very there. end, he they have the whole media come out to talk to the kid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the forest fire scenes, as cool as they were and as intense as they were, it's a little too obvious sometimes when you when when you use CG. CG and stock footage. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was a a little jarring, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What would you give it out of ten? Uh, seven. I give it like a six and a half. All right. I'd say six, six Fair and enough. a half. So, uh, Nick, you watched you watched another movie. I did not get to see this yet, um, but please tell us your review about Netflix's Oxygen. Yeah. Um, so, Oxygen is a movie that was recent. Uh, well, it's so it's directed by Alexander Aja, and that was enough for me. He could do an infomercial, and I'd I'd be first in line to watch it. Um, He's a French director. He did a lot of new wave horror movies. Um, so High Tension, which is a very popular one. That's kind of like the, a lot of people consider that like the granddaddy or the godfather of uh, French new wave horror films. Um, he also did Horns with Daniel Radcliffe, which I have not seen, but I hear it's very good. Uh, he did the Hills Have Eyes remake, which is one of the best horror remakes 
of all time, I think. And he did Crawl recently, a few years ago, which was, you know, the uh, alligator, you know, there's a, a, a hurricane, everything's flooded. And this, uh, this uh, high school or college swimmer is trying to get her dad out of his house and they're basically surrounded by alligators. Very good movie. Um, so I was super, super excited to see this one. He's one of the only directors uh, that I will fall other than like Tyler Sheridan um, and a few others uh, that, you know, whenever they make a new movie, I'll like, I'll be there. I'm there. Um, and I was excited because this one was coming right to Netflix and it's essentially a movie about a woman who wakes up in a cryo chamber, doesn't know where she is or what's, you know, outside of her. She, she's like, am I buried? Am I, you know, am I underground? Am I in a hospital somewhere? She can't get out of the, of the chamber and sort of trying to, and she can't remember who she is or why she's there. And um, throughout the movie, you kind of find out what's going on and, I'm not going to spoil it really. Like I'll make this a really quick review. Um, it's the first movie of his that I've seen of Alexander Aja's where I was kind of let down because if anybody who's watching it really enjoys movies, you're going to start figuring things out pretty quickly to the point where you're like, there's no way it's this obvious. And then you're almost surprised by how obvious it was where you're like, wow, I was spot on. Like um, I was watching it with Nicole and I told her, I was like, I feel like, there's three different things that could be happening here. And I won't say what they are in case anyone wants to watch. I'm like, I said to her, it's either this, this, or this, or maybe a combination. And by the end of the movie, it turns out to be all three of those things. Um, it's a very hard balancing act to make a movie with one person in a confined area. Uh, it's going to draw a lot of parallels to the Ryan Reynolds movie buried, which I thought was a great movie. Um, that's one that even though it's one guy in a coffin and all he has is a cell phone, I could watch that movie over and over again. Um, but so I thought, you know, with, with a similar, with a similar kind of plot and Alexander Aja directing it, this is going to be, you know, a mind blowing movie. And Nicole fell asleep halfway through. I couldn't really blame her. I was on my phone probably over a quarter of the time. Uh, it's just cause it got dull. You didn't really care. The, the woman in it is she gets very annoying. You know, like I get that when you're in a confined area, you want to scream and yell a lot, but when it's, you know, 45 minutes of an hour and a half movie, it's, it, it, it can wear on you a little bit. So that one, that's another one I'd give like a five or a six. I was kind of disappointed. Some amazing visuals near the end. Um, and if I had seen this movie maybe five to 10 years ago, I'd probably give it like a seven or an eight, but it it's familiar ground that has been tread over and over again. And by the time you get to the end of it, you're like, okay, I feel like I've seen this before, but that's cool. So I, if you're, if you're bored on a, on a rainy Saturday, give it a watch, but uh, it's not, it's not something to run out and watch right now. Excellent. All right, so we have a new segment. And now I present to you all Cinemax. Uh, actually, I, I don't know if you have this on the schedule. I don't. Maybe it's after this. Why, is this the last thing you have? Uh, just, this, just our new segment. I can't believe you're missing some of the biggest fucking news, and you're the one to share it with me. Well, there's two things. One I shared with you. 
So I'll start with that. And then I'm going to let you talk about the second thing. Okay. Number one, <laughs> Kevin Smith has been opening movies, pop-up bars mm-hmm. all over the country, except goddamn Wisconsin. And no, I was like, one day. was Chicago. And I think the second closest probably would have been like, what, Minneapolis, maybe? Probably. Um, I was like, one day, one day, especially with how popular it seems to be, you know, and how well it's doing. And they just announced that in June, a movie's pop-up is coming to Milwaukee. So Hello. movies is the, um, to the clerks, <laughs> clerks too. Uh, and it's kind of in Kevin Smith's view of Skewniverse. You know, there's movies, which is sort of a, a take on like Burger King or Dairy Queen, you know, like a fast food place. Uh, it was featured pretty heavily in Dogma, uh, very heavily, obviously, in Clerks 2. And there's references sprinkled throughout the rest of those movies in that universe. And uh, and I'm I there I you know it I've always wanted to try like a movies burger or something. So I'm super fucking excited to to try this pop up bar. And I'm really hoping that they have a computer somewhere in the corner at a kiosk where I can type out an email saying you are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're going <laughs> to fuck your mothers. Will you watch and cry? Like I'm not going to do the rest of it. It's very <laughs> R rated, but uh, there's a lot, just a lot of good, um, a lot of good scenes that involve movies and Kevin Smith movies. I've always wanted to try that pop-up bar and I'm, I'm glad we're finally going to get the chance. We'll have to do a review in June. Oh, when definitely. It comes out. I, I'm looking forward to it. I did. I did want to go when it was in Chicago, but I think it was during COVID. I think so, it was. And even so then, it's like, like, do I want to drive all the way to Chicago for a burger at a pop-up bar? No. Did, um, they, did they say where exactly Milwaukee is going to be? I didn't look that far. I'll have, to, I'll have to get back to you with that. Okay. Now, do you know what the second thing is? No, because the more I am, important? I am mind-blanking. If I were to say to you, Caped Crusader. Oh, oh. Which I would say, if we had any news today, this would be the biggest. This, oh, yeah. I feel like, actually, maybe I shouldn't have brought this up. This could almost be an episode of, like, speculation on its own. Well, this could even be, like, just, like, Batman the Animated Series and everything involves around it. And then talk about that. But still, no, I'll, I'll talk about it right now. Yeah, so give me the, give us the, the 411. Who's, who's okay. involved... Uh, what so, it is uh, HBO Max and Cartoon Network are going to be mirroring well two cartoons a new Superman and a new Batman cartoon I didn't even hear about the Superman one yeah it they released this still image of it and it looks weird Lois Lane has like a pixie cut and what the fuck <laughs> a pixie cut yeah Oh, it's lucky my desk is heavy enough against the wall because I'd be flipping this bitch right now. <laughs> the worst thing they ever did to Lois Lane was Amy Adams. So um, I'm just kidding. Kind of. Well, no, she she redeemed herself. But anyway. Okay. I didn't know about that one. What's that one called? Superman for the Ages? I forget which one it's called. Okay. Um, but there is a new Batman animated series coming, and it's called Batman Cape Crusader. Mm. Uh, Bruce Tim, who is the the mastermind behind Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, 
Batman Beyond and a and a handful of the Batman or handful of the DC animated movies is Mask of the Phantasm. Mask of the Phantasm, uh, Batman, Batman, Mister Freeze, Sub Zero, mm-hmm. which is very good. I love that movie. Return of the Joker. Uh, Return of the Joker. Yep, that's great as well. It Best Batman so movie dark. of all time. Mask of Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah, I bought um, DC. Fuck, what's it called? That that Lego game. I sent you a picture. DC Supervillains. DC Lego yeah, yeah. Supervillains. The only reason I bought it was because it was on sale for fifteen dollars, and it was the Ultimate Edition that came with uh, extra missions revolving around Batman the Animated Series and Mask of the Phantasm. You can really? literally play as the Phantasm. Oh. So I they, haven't unlocked her yet, but so they in the comics uh, most recently they brought the phantasm into canon finally. Oh, nice! And I haven't that that's one series I I, mean, I need to catch up on. It's uh, Batman Catwoman, um, and I think it's Tom King. It might be Scott Snyder. Anywho, phantasm is yeah, canon the, now. So, but let's, so the, so the Batman Cape Crusader has got Bruce, Tim, JJ Abrams, and Matt Reeves all attached to this. Now, two out of three of those really excite me. Yes. Uh, one of them is definitely JJ Abrams. No, <laughs> not after, and don't get me wrong. I actually, I've got no ill will towards JJ Abrams, but he's like the Jennifer Lawrence to me of film production or not even directing. He doesn't even really direct anymore. Um, no, what was the last movie he directed? Super 8? No, I don't think he... Did he direct Super 8? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, I think he produced? He no. definitely he definitely produced. He might have directed it too because it was like a love letter to Spielberg. Yeah. Um, but he... Super yeah, he, 8 was directed by J.J. Okay. He is hit or miss for me now just because I, I gave him... That movie. Of course he is. <laughs> Uh, I gave him too much leeway with Star Wars, and mm-hmm. now I'm learning just because his name is attached to something doesn't mean anything. And I don't mean that in a shitty way. It's just like, it doesn't excite me like it would have 10 years ago to yeah. hear J.J. Abrams' name attached. Now, Matt Reeves and Bruce Tim, that's a very interesting combination. Because yeah, obviously, is. Matt Reeves is doing the Batman and the Gotham PD show. Mm-hmm. Um, now what I wanted to ask you, Kyle, I don't know if you have any insight into this. I have a few questions that I'm hoping you can answer me. I feel like your answers for all of these are going to be, I don't know. They are going to be, I don't know, because there's not a lot of information out on this. All right. So number one, <laughs> um, is this a series or a limited series? It's, I think it's a series, but you don't know. No. Okay. Number two, Bruce Tim is involved. Yes. The art looks very reminiscent. They released that, you know, that kind of art, mm-hmm. that poster. Obviously, it's not the Batman we know. That ears are, which I'm not a huge fan of those wide ears. That reminds me, what was that Batman Cartoon Network series? The Batman? Um, Where he had like the wide ears kind of like this? Yeah. I'm, I was never a fan of that. But it's that's just like a minor like aesthetic thing that shouldn't matter. Um, well, it... It goes back to some of his early looks with the ear. I think even um, Dwayne, uh, 
The Rock Johnson. Well, basically what I'm asking is with with Bruce Timm's involvement Mm -hmm. and how if you look at the art uh, at the very bottom, it's kind of a skyline of Gotham City. Yes. Very reminiscent of the animated series Gotham. Do you think that this is either a continuation or a prequel or somehow directly involved with the animated series uh, from the 90s? I think it's something new. It's not going to be connected to the animated series. As okay. much as I would love to see a continuation of it, I I think Bruce Tim wants to do something different. He's, okay. he's been in this play, uh, this sandbox for 20 plus years. So do you think, so then there's probably no chance we're going to see Kevin um, Conroy as Batman? Yeah. I don't think so. I think... I bet it's another early years of Batman, says Chunk Taylor. I could see that happen. I could see like um, kind of a Batman year one or year two. Depending on how they handle that, that could be really great or really like stop. We get it. Yeah. Batman started young. I'm sure they're going to reference the fact that his parents died at some point every episode. That's fine. But it's like you're giving us year two with uh, With Robert Pattinson. Yeah, you gave us year one with um, oh, with John Taylor. Spoilers, PG. Jesus. His parents did die. Um, yeah, like I feel like they're. I mean, even the Gotham show was even before year one. You know, you've got the Nolan trilogy, which is essentially the first seven years and the only seven years of Batman. Um, well, okay, so, or maybe a little longer, but so really quick in the Nolan trilogy. Bruce Wayne was only about Batman for about six months. In total? In total. Because from the end of uh, Batman Begins into The Dark Knight, they say six months have passed since um, Arkham Asylum and the inmates escaped. So between the end of The Dark Knight to The Dark Knight Returns... I would say it's a little... It's a little longer then. Yeah, so not for like seven total years, but if you look at the time that he actually is suiting up every night, I would say if you say the brunt of Batman Begins, when what I mean by that is when he is Batman. Batman. Let's let's say he that was a month, about a month total there. Mm-hmm. Right? Then the six months that you know that he was Batman between the two, and they kind of cover that in um what was that animated uh, anthology? Gotham Knight, Gotham I Knights. think. Yeah. So then you, and that kind of covers that. So you know that for six months he was Batman. So now we're mm-hmm. at eight months. Then you look at um, Dark Knight or the Dark Knight. I would say that's, that's definitely not a month long from, you know, the beginning of that movie to the end. Yeah. But it feels like it could be. So let's just say average there is a, uh, is a month. So now we're at what? Six, seven, eight months. Mm-hmm. Then seven years go by. No Batman. So we don't count those seven years. Then he's back again. He had his back broken. I'd like to think that that movie, when he suits up again, take, when he's Batman, he's Batman for more than a fucking month. <laughs> like, that's the problem with Dark Knight Rises. Is, like, how long was he recovering from his broken back for Bane to, you know, take over this entire city? Right. Let's say somehow that's all done in a month. Then you're right. Yeah, nine months. If we say, yeah... 
maybe Bane took over. It was three months. It takes a while to recover from a fucking broken back. Um, then you've got a year, one year of Batman throughout three movies. Mm-hmm. At I'd say probably at the most, which is crazy. So I don't remember how we got onto this, but um, I don't know. But Cape Crusader, yes the the image that they have it's reminiscent of the old Batman the animated series. I love it. Yeah. And the ears look, um, if you can, look up Detective Comics number 31 from September of 39. Or just look up Batman Cape Crusader HBO and you'll see exactly what they look like. Oh, you mean if you want to compare it to like something that was before? Yes. Yeah. That's okay. That's what it's yeah. based off of. Okay. Yeah. I still like the, uh, I like the short ears Mm-hmm. And then I don't know, maybe you'll know who this is that did this. There was one Batman that had the really long ones and the cape that like went down past his legs and like curled oh, over. It was yeah. very gothic and creepy looking. I, Tom McFarlane did not do any Batman. Sam Keith. Aaron coming in clutch. Sam Keith. Yeah. Uh, he did stuff around Nightfall, I believe. Which is that when, actually that might have been a little bit of nightfall too. I think that might have had he might have had the long he did the max. Oh shit. And and Chunk Taylor let me borrow that show. It was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, that was really I remember watching that and being like, I've never the only other time I ever felt like that with an animated show was Rick and Morty. I hate to say now, but uh but back then when it was kind of first coming out, it's like I've never seen anything like this. This is insane. Mm-hmm. So, um, so what do you think? So what, what are your, some, if you had to give any predictions for what the show would be, because I'm, I'm of the mind where it's like DC, you got other characters you could try to give some love to. You don't have to just be like, we're going to have a Batman show and a Batman movie, but there's going to be a few different Batmans in this universe. We're also going to bring back Michael Keaton, Batman. And then maybe, you know what, in a couple of years, we'll bring back George Clooney, Batman. And we're going to find a way to bring, uh, what's his name back? Oh my God. What's his name now? Adam West back from the dead. He's going to be Batman too. (laughs) Val Kilmer. He's going to be Batman again. We're going to have so many Batmans, Batman all the time. Who do you want to see play Batman? We're going to get him for another three movies too. Now you got 12 Batmans. Um, like fucking dude do a green lantern movie you know but at the same time i'm like i can't get mad that they're like this is amazing i'm super excited because you know the animated series is one of my favorite my no it is my favorite animated superhero show from the Mm -hmm. 90s so this is like this is a cream dream for me (laughs) um so what what are some of the predictions if you if you had to just kind of guess the direction they're going to go the villains we're going to see um i think I'd say maybe the creation of the Joker. We'll see Penguin. We'll see Two-Face. Poison Ivy, most likely. I don't think we will see Harley Quinn. This this take on Batman looks like it's going to be more, I'd say, more grounded. Okay. Um, Harley Quinn adds, doesn't add to it. So I guess that kind of leads into my next question. Maybe my last one for this. I can't really think of too many other ones. <laughs> um, so this is an HBO show. Yes. That means they can really do anything. But it's if also going are... on Cartoon Network. Oh, man. So it's 
it's a level that they that they can't really cross. All right, that's kind of a bummer. Um, I would. I've always thought it would be cool. When I was younger, I was like, "How cool would it be if you can make like an animated?" Um, no bad nips. Okay, well then I'm out. Never mind. <laughs> Fuck Bruce Tim. That's a joke. I didn't mean that. Um, there's how, there's how a cool lot of would it be? Hating on Bruce Tim because of uh, the Killing Joke animated movie. Well, yeah, I could see why. But did he have anything to do with that? Because that was a not fucking with, mess. not with the prequel. That was someone different. Oh, why? Why are they mad at Bruce Tim for that then? Um, because he did eventually have Barbara and Bruce have a relationship. Oh, that's what I mean. What do you mean by the prequel? There was a prequel, The Killing Joke. Yeah. That it's, was a comic, or that was in no, the no, animated? No, movie? no, no. The animated, the stuff before, the actual Killing Joke okay. comic, yes, movie. That was all done by someone else. Whoever that is, should get a boot up their ass. That was so stupid. Prologue. Thank you, Jason. Prologue. Yeah. Oh, I Jason. thought he was saying the name of what it of what it's called. I was like, I've never heard of that. <laughs> well, it is um, a prologue. It is a prologue. Yeah. yeah. But they don't. But that's what's stupid is it's not, it's not presented as a prologue. It's presented as as the killing joke. As, yeah, it's presented as part of the killing joke. And I remember before it came out, thinking like, "Oh, this is so cool that they're gonna do this because Killing Joke obviously is super fucked up and mm-hmm. and gritty." Um, and they, it's it it just felt weird. It felt off. Um, and I I yeah I that is my probably out of any of the animated DC movies I've seen, especially the past few years, I've been hitting them out of the park. That one was pure dog trash that was yeah and that's even got mark hamill and kevin Conway. yeah so you yeah so you sit there and you're like this is like so i will say amazing the prologue should not have had the rooftop sex scene yeah yeah scrub it then 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 go on the the problem is there they took an amazing uh an amazing book and they gave it a prologue mm-hmm. that was lackluster it wasn't even like if you had if you had started that you know if you just started off that way and instead of going into the killing joke gone into literally anything else it still would have been bad because seeing batman and batgirl you know play with their bat toys on a roof is it's like like this is not normal like you no, know it's not normal like but this I think... is basically like your surrogate daughter almost i think that there are intentional gaps in the book that let you fill in what you think is happening uh it's to very what... possible. yeah but i mean not it's never suggested or alluded to in the book from what i remember that they that um batman and batgirl ever had like a sexual relationship was it like, I mean, I, mean I, I feel like Chunk Taylor's talking about like the, like when Joker's taking pictures and it's like, yeah, some bad stuff could have happened. Like that, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no, no, that, that was, oh, no. I just I mean, mean the movie makes, makes you sit through every moment oh, of Disturbing Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they wanted to make it more, you didn't need to make it more like, look at what's at stake. Like, look at how horrible the Joker is. Like, you didn't need to do that. Everyone knows, no one's going into this. Like, we need to know how bad is this Joker guy? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 
they're, I think they did it honestly, because they're like, hey, if we make this into a feature, we're going to have like 45 to 60 minutes tops. We need yeah. to give more back. Well, let's make it even more crazy. And, you know, it, it was just, I watched it once. Um, we bought it at Target, like the day it came out, I was super excited. We got home and watched it and um, sold it to Half Price Books the next day or a couple days later. That's the only animated DC movie I ever sold. I, I still own it. Um, I haven't watched it in a while because honestly, everything past the prologue, the, the main story is great. It's a great adaptation. Just the prologue yeah. kind of shits on it. Yeah. And it, it, it puts a bad taste in your mouth where it's like, you're watching the rest and you're like, man, if you had just started here, you know, it would have been mm-hmm. fine. Yeah. Um, now that said, I know I know we've got a new segment here. I'm very excited about because we're being um, we have like anonymous after us here, or one of those uh, one of those yeah. political groups is trying to hack us or something. But uh, now that we're kind of on this on this road here, I wanted to ask you real quick. Uh, did you see there is a clip released for the Long Halloween? I did. I also I watched both trailers. I only watched one trailer. What do you think of the clip? Because I always get a little nervous with I, I don't like the new animation of these new movies. They're they're all good for the most part. The, I just I'm not a huge fan of the animation. The animation is very different than um, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, and Justice Society. What about like um, Batman and oh, what was it called? Batman oh, and Robin, Shadow the one with the Dragon. With <laughs> no, no, the one with Damian Wayne. Oh no no no! This is this is so. So Batman, Man of Tomorrow, Justice Society, and Batman, sorry, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, Justice Society, and Batman the Long Halloween are all part of this new DC animated universe. Um, so wait, so does that mean like everything that came before these are done now? So like yeah. Assault on Arkham, yep. uh, Justice League War, yep. that's all? That's all done. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That, that's All a right. that's a whole different topic that we can talk about that we can. Yeah, we'll have to on. make an episode dedicated yeah. to that, I guess. Jesus. Um, but yes, we do. What was your question? <laughs> so uh, essentially, like, um, is this animation? Would you say it's better than kind of? I guess better than a lot of that old. Not I shouldn't say old. It's not that old, but you know, like Batman and Robin, um, like the Justice League War, Justice League Dark. Uh, is this a different uh, the, animation the better, style? The Long Halloween animation looks, I think, a lot better than some the... of the animated uh, movies. Okay. Um, like Batman, Man, or sorry, Superman, Man of Tomorrow, and Justice Society. is It's a very interesting animation. Yeah. I, I, the, the Long Halloween is kind of taking it back a little bit. Okay. Now I'm I'm super excited for the Long Halloween. That was the oh, first yeah. like too. graphic. That was the first like obviously I knew who Batman was. I loved the movies. I loved the animated show. But really getting into the comics, I think Long Halloween was the first thing I ever read comic wise in one sitting in my grandma's room, <laughs> uh, front to back, and I loved it. Um, I also loved Dark Knight Returns and I always and you know when when they were announcing that hey it's going to be a two part movie I was like oh how are you going to do this they pulled it off obviously um if I if I'm sitting here saying Mask of the Phantasm is my all-time favorite Batman movie 
the Dark Knight Returns is my second favorite. Mm-hmm. Maybe put one and two together, even really before great. any of the uh, live action ones. Those are my two top favorites. I would definitely agree with that. I'm hoping that they can go the same route with the long Halloween. The issue I see with that, and I feel like you might know a little better and might say I'm wrong here. Um, I know Chunk Taylor might. I don't know if Mr. Pink, fuck it. Uh, Aaron and Jason, uh, I don't know if Jason's ever read these or you know how well-versed he is in this. I know Aaron is, so maybe you guys would disagree with me. I feel like the way that the long Halloween is set up is very almost episodic where he's dealing with a different villain, you know, at a different, mm-hmm. during different holidays. But at, at the same time, it's a little complex because there's this overarching, you know, like almost mafia godfather nod story, which is amazing. And doing that in a two-part animated movie is going to be a lot harder to pull off than sort of a more linear narrative like The Dark Knight Returns. I, I mean, I guess... Long Halloween is linear too. It's going to give them a lot more time to tell the story as a two-part movie compared to yeah. One. I'm just I'm curious to see how it's going to translate to film. They're they're going to combine it in the end, so it's just going to be one movie. They've done that with, as you said, The Dark Knight Returns. They also did that with the Death and Return of Superman. Yep. Um, So it's only a matter of time. Death of um, that, well, that's a yeah, that's a whole nother story for another time. But uh, yeah, I mean, and when when's the release date on part one? Uh, part one is next month, and then part two is in August. Direct to Blu-ray. Direct to Blu-ray. Yep. Okay. Oh, that's gonna be are, tough because I'm just gonna wait for the for the complete one. I'm hoping it's gonna come to HBO at some point. Uh, they have been good about doing that. It it hasn't really been re- like announced. But yeah, like a month or two later, like uh, Superman and Lois came Superman a couple months Lois after. Had, um, they had a like special like they had the first five episodes on HBO Max like a week before it came back on the CW. Okay, yeah, so it so did go to CW first, and then yep. okay. Have you watched that? Oh, I know I we're, love Superman and Lois. I hear it's really good. It's, I haven't watched it yet, but um, I've a lot of the scene like it's more bright. It's more uh cinematic looking than a lot of the other show a lot of the other dc shows it's clark as a father and lois as a mother with two teenage boys one that's developing powers and yeah it's it's just really good because it's you do not get to see clark in this role like really before yes he's a father in the comics now he's got jonathan and uh Legends of Tomorrow, Tom Welling was a father who gave up his powers as Superman Yes. to become a father. Yes, How did I know crisis. that, Kyle? How did I know that if I've never watched it? Did you watch the scene on YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that was part did. of the crisis on Infinite Earths event. I heard a lot of people were pissed about that. Is that true? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, it, like, because... Hey, at least Kevin Conroy fared better. There's still no on-screen Batman that has not killed anyone. <laughs> One day. One day. There um, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I know I got us on a whole tangent there, starting with uh, uh, Cape Crusader going down the road of like every animated DC movie. And I feel like sometimes we should rename this from AC to DC, really, because <laughs> it's like <laughs> really a lot of times we just end up talking about DC stuff. Um, 
but well, you're my conduit to that, Kyle. You're my you're my encyclopedia. Yeah. So I mean, like right next to me, it's my bookshelf. My first bookshelf is just DC. Mm-hmm. It is completely full of DC stuff, all the way to American cinephiles. That's my uh, Jamaican name. The whole the whole bookshelf is dedicated to DC. My next bookcase over, the first shelf is just Marvel. Just one book, just one shelf is Marvel. You'd say and you're more I'm, of a DC guy than Marvel, I right? Am, I am more of a DC fan, DC I, fanboy. And I think that's why I am because when you know, um, around the time I was moving back from Whitewater, like you and I, you know, we went to WizardCon and stuff. Like I feel mm-hmm. like you are my direct influence as to why, um why I love DC so much, which is a good thing and a bad thing, because at the same time, every time you would take me to see like a Marvel movie in theaters, I'd be like, I just fucking saw this with the last one. They really, you know, yeah, no. like I always, I, uh, cause I could sit that you, you and Aaron turned me on to infinity crisis. Identity crisis. Identity, not infinity. Yes. Infin- there, uh, there is a book. There is yeah. a, there's a series called infinite crisis, but you're right. Oh, you're no, right. it was identity crisis. Yeah. Oh, um, such a good book. Yeah, and I'm just like, <laughs> you know, and it's and I I feel like DC's always they've always taken those weird chances, like with Watchmen, mm-hmm. you know, and Watchmen was on Times 100 best <laughs> novels of all time. So Kyle wrecked my pocketbooks by putting Darkest Night issue one in my hands. I'm gonna have to check that one out now. Darkest just, Night is so fucking good. I'm trying to get through Court of Owls still. Court of Owls is. An- of the new 52 stories, that's what Court of Owls was superb. Yeah, that's what everyone is saying. Um, and uh, you went, we all went to I can't remember what it was, uh, it, but it was, it was another Fantasticon. convention, Fantasticon. That's it was where the I bought the um, only convention that they did. What was the uh, Batman, um, not cult? Oh my god. Hmm. It, it wasn't called cult. He's almost like he gets brainwashed in the sewers. Um, Venom? No, not Venom. I'll have to. I have it somewhere. Aaron might know. Oh, fuck. oh, oh, so good, says Aaron. So good. Yeah, not cult, it, but it's something like that. Um, um, well, let's just sit here silently <laughs> until he figures out oh, what it is. Batman cult. Okay, well, when he figures it out, we'll... Uh, uh, Batman Gothic. It might have been Gothic. Just, that sounds. The Batman, the cover. This is going to sound Batman so. Batman Inc. is another good story. Uh, Batman the Cult. Yeah, it wasn't Inc. It might have um, been Gothic. He gets brainwashed. It it. And it's not by the Court of Owls. Right? This is way before that. Nope. It's yeah. Batman the Cult. Okay, that must be it then. Okay. He, he fights the band the Cult. When they're uh, when they're trying to release the song for Nicolas Cage is gone in 60 seconds. No, I'm just kidding. But no, I think Aaron's right. It is Batman the Cult. Uh, the story uh, follows the machinations of Deacon Blackfire and his band of homeless followers who have kidnapped Batman before the events of the story. Following a lengthy period of captivity, Batman slow, slowly succumbs to the brainwashing. Yep. Yeah. Yep, that's the one. Um, and you guys were like, hey, read this one. I was like, okay. And I remember starting to read it and I was like, Jesus Christ, you guys, like, why'd you even sound so fucking heavy? Like, this is dark. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've read a few Marvel things, but nothing has ever touched like, like the, the, the places DC is willing to go, at least with their, you know, comics and stuff. Um, uh, I did say earlier this week that the time for Marvel, that the time between Avengers disassembled 
and the end of Siege. It was a good two, three year period. Mm. That was some of the best writing Marvel has ever put out. Nothing has touched it since then. I'll have to give it a try at some point, but I've got so much of a backlog for uh, for DC. And I mean, you're the one, Kyle, who, you know, me and Spencer used to give you shit for liking Green Lantern just because of the movie. And you're the one who literally got me into Green Lantern so much. I sat and watched. I think you and I sat and watched the director's cut, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. And I was like, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It's not good by so fucking Ryan any Reynolds, means. But... For that movie, Ryan Reynolds is a great guy, Gardner. He is a terrible Hal Jordan. I thought he okay. Who do you Guy think would Gardner. make a good Hal Jordan if if uh, if if they announce they're doing uh, uh, the Green Lantern origin movie? It's going to be a part of whatever the DC universe is now, which it seems like there isn't one. I don't know what the fuck what they're, they're doing, doing. but uh, no one's no one's faster to shoot themselves in the foot than Warner Brothers. I'll tell you yeah, that. But especially um, after the Snyder Cut, like, yeah. If you had to, oh, if yeah, you had to give me. The, a, um, Hal Jordan, Damian Lewis. Okay, says Aaron. Really? He's that, a little too old, I feel he like. He is no. a little bit too old. So and he's a ginger. We don't like those. He can right, Kyle? dye his hair. <laughs> I, like how you, I like how you're just like, yeah, true. He could dye his hair. <laughs> um, I, I could see Damian Lewis as Parallax, Hal Jordan. I could see him as an old Guy Gardner, too. I feel like Guy Gardner is a little... Maybe not. Maybe I'm crazy. Parallax, I could see. Yeah, he'd make a like a good villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Damian Lewis is old, not old old. He's not. He's, he's not uh, old old, but he's he's John Cusack. John Cusack would be great. John Cusack. Nicholas Cage. Uh, John yeah. Travolta. John Travolta. But who who do you think, Kyle? If they like, if they had to announce someone, no, Will Ferrell. <laughs> Jesus Christ. God, no. No. Um. Let's see. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, I could see that. Marlon Brando. I'm trying to think of like some of these up and coming people. I mean, if he wasn't cast as Batman, Timothy Chalamet. Hmm. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, I thought you were saying he was. Oh no, I'm I'm tired of him. I I think he he looks great in Dune, uh, which we should talk about at some point. That's oh, probably yes. my the movie I'm most excited for. Um, thank you, Aaron. Yes, he's he's <laughs> the uh, male again. We're talking Jennifer. Lawrence, it's it's that he's gonna be super like fucking everything. hot for a minute. It's he he's gonna be one of those kids where it's like he, his star is burning very bright now, and it's mm-hmm. gonna burn out be, soon because of that. Um, I I've, I don't know. I don't, that's a whole nother thing we can get into. Maybe we should debate. We should have the Timothy Timothy Champagne debate. Um, yeah, a stoned brooding teen. Uh, he's he's literally like the male Billy Eyelash, you know. Uh, he it's just always kind of like, oh, let me say something deep real quick to uh, to to this to Steve Carell, my dad. Um, yeah, I I I can't stand him. Uh, but I in the in the Dune trailer, I remember watching and being like, okay, just try to get past uh, Timothy Charlemagne <laughs> doing his thing. And I was like, holy shit, like, because I've read that, if I've read any book over and over again, like, Dune is probably the one I've read the most. And I was like, and that's why I was worried about this kid playing him, because I can't fucking stand him. But based on that trailer, every character was perfectly cast. And I was like, holy shit, this literally looks like 
when I read the book, this is what I imagined. I was not expecting that. That's never happened for me. When I read a book and then I see a trailer for the movie, I'm always disappointed every time. Okay. That's like the first time where I was like, holy shit. Even Timothy uh, Champagne Charlemagne is like, he seems like like he's, he's uh, made for this role. Like it was, it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, anything else I've seen him in or how people are like, he's so deep and brilliant. He's literally the male Billy eyelashes. So, um, okay, so looking, looking at a bunch of lists of like looking at a list of younger male actors that I just okay. put up on that I put up on Google. Miles Teller as Hal Jordan. I, it's funny you said that. I, that was going to be mine, and I don't like him. I think he's kind of a douchebag. Uh, although he was amazing in Whiplash, I I that was the one I was going to go with. Honestly, that was my number one answer. Especially, I feel like after Top Gun Maverick, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if he got a call saying that they're considering him for Hal Jordan. Because some of these others, um, Ansel Elgort the, doesn't really from, strike uh, Baby Driver. Yeah. No. No. Um, uh, who played um, Eldrick Endrick Rockenreck? Young Han oh, Solo. Oh, the Young Han Solo? He'd be good. Yeah. He'd, he'd be a good second choice, I think. He might be my first. He might even be before Miles Teller. Oh, wow. um, but I feel like Miles Teller has the build. Mm-hmm. to fit that suit a little better you know like kind of that like that hero slender like but you know broad but that upside down triangle that's what they call it in communications classes um i think i think he could he'd be either of them would be really good but i so. think um we'll do i'll do this really quick and then we'll go into our last segment sure they do have to make this suit cgi I would agree with that. I think that's, yeah. Only because it, the suit is made of willpower, yeah. which is, it's a construct. I mean, and it, I mean, I would assume the Black Panther suit was CGI. Oh yeah, Everything, uh, and it looked great. It looked yeah. really good. So they they could pull that off decently, and I mean, and I th- even the Spider Man suit at some point was CGI, like the yeah. Tom Holland one. Well, and if you see a guy in like green tights and they're like, hey, we're trying to make Green Lantern like a serious IP now or, or a serious, you know, character here. Like you can't have him in like green spandex. It's going to look no. stupid as shit. So, no, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. It would have to be. Cole Sprouse. No, no, not Cole Sprouse. <laughs> no. All right. All right. Um, let's get into the this is this is something creepy is going on here. Yeah. So this is this is a new segment. Yeah. Uh, called Cinemask Asks. And Cinemask Asks. We go. In the 1990s, one actor secured their status as an American treasure. With such films as Toy Story, Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, and The Green Mile. Tom Hanks. However, It could be said, despite a legendary film career, Tom Hanks has only ever played a version of Tom Hanks. Would you say that Tom Hanks is overrated? This I ask you. Okay. Um. Creepy. First of all, do you know who that is? No, they just because I think we should. My, it just we should call the my police. Dropbox. That's that's harassment. 
Um, Wait, who's, he, who's Jason saying fuck you to? I'm sorry. He's saying fuck you to Cinemask. <laughs> I know. This is, this is, I mean, and this, there's an easy answer for this, but continue. Because Tom Hanks is my favorite actor. <laughs> so, uh, I, Aaron, what the, f- Aaron and Jason, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, what, what's the name of this? Cinemask? Cinemask. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you want to go first with yours? Because it's yeah. got me a little heated. <laughs> so, so he asked, like, is Tom Hanks only played a version of Tom Hanks? And is he overrated? No. Why? Because he gave us the best movie in 1994, 1995, and that's Toy Story. His... That is not the best movie in 1994, 1995, but that's fine. I agree. It's a great one. How dare you, sir? He was also in the same actor in same year, Forrest Gump, Philadelphia, Apollo 13. Never mind. Continue. No, no, no. That, no, that, that's perfect. But no, go I ahead. Mean, but for me, Tom, the, that was the very first role I saw Tom Hanks in. Even though, he, even though we never saw him, that's the first mm-hmm. thing that was... Um, Where you knew who he was. That I got exposed essentially. to. Yeah. Okay. And then it you know, continued on to like Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, Saving Private Ryan, all that. I don't think he's overrated. He, I haven't seen Greyhound. That's on Apple Plus. I want to see that. Yeah, but I haven't either. Um, I think uh, I know we. I know both of us saw Saving Mr. Banks. That was the yes. the Disney where he played Walt Disney. Yeah. I thought he. I thought he did great in that. Um, yeah, it wasn't the, like a great movie, but he was. Yeah, he yeah. was great. I can't picture a better. Um, Walt Disney. I, yeah, I'm gonna let you keep talking because. If I agree with you, I'm just going to go into mine. So yeah, that's fine. Um, but honestly, I will watch anything that Tom Hanks is in. Um, just like, I mean, it might not be the best movies, but like the, like the Da Vinci Code, Angel and Demons, Inferno. I love those movies. They they hold a special place in my heart because of my dad. Mm. Um, so. I, I really enjoy those movies. Anything I have a section for my DVDs and my Blu-rays just for Tom Hanks. No other actor has a place. It's just Tom Hanks, and then everything else is in its own. He so, has a little shrine, almost. A, yeah, yeah, a little shrine. Yeah, I have the same. Yeah, yeah, but no, I do not think he's overrated. I think he's he's getting to the point where. He see even that sounds bad if the way I want to say it. I mean, he picks and chooses his roles. I think carefully. He hasn't he hasn't done a bad movie. I haven't seen Joe versus the volcano. I love that movie. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Turner and Hooch. Was I love that funny. movie. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, say another one. I fucking dare you. Okay. I love that one too. Okay. <laughs> Captain Phillips. <laughs> of course. I remember seeing that movie in theaters with you too. Yep. I made uh, I made Nicole watch that a few months ago and it made her angry. Dragnet? Dragnet's another another example. Dan Aykroyd and Henry That Morgan. one that one is more tough. <laughs> That's not my favorite, but I love the the saving grace was Dan Aykroyd and Tom Hanks for me. Yeah. And their relationship. But no, I mean, like, really, Apollo 13 and Saving Private Ryan, 
of let's see that um let's see 97 was saving private ryan apollo 13 was 95 yeah 96. 95 great years for him yeah Forrest Gump and Philadelphia were 94, or one of them might have been, uh, Forrest Gump, actually, I think Philadelphia was 94, Forrest Gump might have been beginning of 95, Apollo 13 was end of 95. Yeah. So. So, okay, Nick, what do you got to say? Well, um. You're, you're not going to agree with me, and that's fine. That's perfect. Oh, me? Yeah. Me? How so? You think I, I think he's overrated? Yes. Fuck no. Okay, good. Oh my god. No, first of all, uh, what is this, Cinemask? Yeah. Motherfucker. Don't you ever say an unkind word about Tom Hanks. Ever. So, here's why. That didn't work out as well as I thought it would. Um, it worked out fine. No, Tom Hanks is not overrated in any way. And here's why. If you look at today's talent, if you look at people who are like, oh, this actor's overrated, this actress, they're playing a, a version of themselves. Again, they, I feel like this is a theme. Jennifer Lawrence would be one. Uh, Chris Pratt, it literally plays himself in every movie he's ever done. Then you look at Tom Hanks. I, I don't think he's really ever played himself. He might play versions of a comedic version of himself mm -hmm. or versions of maybe even a more dramatic version but you can't say that Tom Hanks played himself the same in Bachelor Party and Philadelphia. Bachelor Party, where he wants to have the biggest, craziest, wildest bachelor party. And then Philadelphia, where he's dying of AIDS and suing the company that fired him because he's dying of AIDS. He's suing one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest law firms, you know, the, the law firm that he worked for. Uh, he... And even to this day, I would agree with you, Kyle. I don't know if I've ever seen a bad Tom Hanks movie, even if it's not a great movie. Like, honestly, Dragnet, eh. Even Turner and Hooch, eh. He elevates every mm -hmm. performance. He is able to play big as a boy stuck in a man's body, but you believe it. Like, he seems like he's, you know, like he's a boy in a man's body. Like, mm -hmm. it, it, he fully sells it. Larry Crown. Uh, oh, fuck, I haven't seen that movie in years. That one I can't speak to as much. I haven't watched that one. Oh, and even like Bridge of Spies, I don't remember that well, but I remember his performance in Bridge of Spies being amazing. Mm -hmm. um, he has this ability to... to... Castaway? <laughs> cast, oh, Castaway. Oh my god. It, it's a th almost three-hour movie where it's mostly him. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other actors could not pull that off. The Terminal, I actually enjoyed that movie. Um, kind of boring, but he he just he brings like this childish quality, and yet this sort of like whimsical where it it almost feels like when you see something bad happen to him, it chokes you up. Every time I watch Philadelphia, I cry. Every time I watch Green Mile at the end, I cry. Every time I watch Apollo thirteen at the end, I get choked up. And of course, you could say a lot of that's because of the director, a lot of that's because of the writing, but he chooses these projects and he knows what he's choosing and he, he does very well at it. Um, you can't say that the character he played recently in News of the World, I believe it's called, which I've not watched yeah, yet, um, I have not but I really want to, is the same as the one he played, you know, like Saving Mr. Banks or... I mean, you know, maybe some roles will be similar. Like he played Walt Disney. He also played Mr. Rogers, mm -hmm. but he played both of those roles phenomenally. 
it's not like Chris Pratt where they're like, Hey, we want someone who's kind of a cocky, uh, you know, rough and ready guy. Like that's all Chris Pratt has ever done. That's why he hasn't won any Academy Awards. Tom Hanks won back-to-back Academy Awards two years in a row, first for Forrest Gump, then for Philadelphia. You know, he, he knows how to elicit emotion from his audience in ways that a lot of actors can't. And, you know, you can, you, you can clearly say like, well, I mean, compare that to uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, who's the better actor mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like uh, technicality and in terms of like uh, surrounding themselves in the role, Daniel Day-Lewis, hands down. But in terms of who will get me to care for that specific character the most, um, Anna Paquin has a fucking Oscar for what? Um, keep talking. I'll look it up. For what? Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, Tom Hanks, he he always has picked his projects, right? And it's not even, and I know they're saying like, oh, does he just play the same character all the time? You know, I, I would say no, not at all. But his relevance. 1994, The Piano fuck that movie uh, <laughs> she was 11 if his, you really going, yeah. wow that's actually impressive i guess um his relevance to what he's done for film and even a little bit for science for example he produced and narrated um from the earth to the moon yeah he helped make this super super accurate and realistic uh, a miniseries about the space race, about America's, you know, and NASA's involvement mm-hmm. in the, you know, from, you know, like Gemini to the Apollo missions, like, because that's a passion of his. Uh, he, 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 and he never, when he plays a role, yeah, you see Tom Hanks, but whatever role he's in, you're like, I see that character too. I'll never mm-hmm. get past the fact I know it's Tom Hanks, but you know, you're 20 minutes into a movie, 30 minutes, half an hour. Um, yes, he did he produce Band of Brothers. Yeah. He also produced The Pacific. Yeah. Um, it's not Tom Hanks anymore. When I'm watching Road to Perdition, you know, the first 20 minutes, I'm like, okay, there's Tom Hanks. And then then half hour and 50 minutes, and I'm like, this is Michael Sullivan. And then at the end, when he dies, sorry, spoilers for uh, uh, Road to Perdition. By the way, one of the best period movies, I think. Um with, with you get, a young uh, Superman, young Kurt Superman. Henry Cavill? No, 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 no. The guy who's on Superman and Lois is the ah, little boy in Road of Perdition. Whoa. Um, I didn't know that. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Um, the more you know. Road to Perdition, you're crying at the end. And he's not playing the same character. You can't tell me that Michael Sullivan from Road to Perdition, this father who is cold to his children, who, and again, you see him develop in the movie you see him starting as this cold kind of bastard who doesn't love his older son as much because he's where he's going to be you know turn out to be like him and throughout this journey they have to take to get to uh, illinois perdition illinois i believe it is um you see him evolve and become warmer to his son up until like this uh super sad ending you know where where he dies when Tom Hanks dies in a movie, like, I feel like I'm watching my dad die. And it, it could be because, you know, my dad introduced me like Apollo 13. So like when I was young, I, that was kind of my correlation. Um, but it's always gone beyond that. It, it, he takes whatever role he's doing and 
I'm not, you know, I'm not saying like he, the way he goes into it and the way he method acts like Jim Carrey did in uh, man on the moon or whatever, where he's playing Andy Kaufman or, you know, like, like, um, uh, uh, Daniel Day Lewis, when he's walking around the set of Gangs of New York, or he's going to Applebee's with the with the crew after going, oh, let me get that steak under my knife. You know, like he like he doesn't need to do that. You know, he's not like a method actor. He doesn't take it too seriously, and that's what makes his acting that much better. Is like he's not a method actor or anything. He goes there, he does the job, and he's just amazing at it. He Saving Private Ryan, yeah, when he dies in that, and he earn it. Earn that shit chokes me up. Like he's he's good at making you care for him specifically throughout the movie and then when he doesn't have the best outcome in literally any movie i've ever <laughs> seen him in where he doesn't make it um toy story and, toy story 2 toy story 3 yeah uh, <laughs> I, well I another one toy i would story say four, so i don't know i saw bits and pieces while nicole was watching it um and the other one where he doesn't die but i get choked up at the end because of his acting Every time, again, I, I swear to God, I get like close to crying. Like Captain I am Phillips. lump in the throat. Yep, cap in theaters when we saw it in theaters. I think when we were walking out, I told you, yeah. um, his acting at the end, like the 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 medic helping him. Mm -hmm. uh, she goes like, um, "Is this your blood?" Because you know he got he got all the blood from the from the um, from the from the uh, terrorists or the terrorists. Yeah, from the pirates on him when they were sniped. And he goes like, "Some of it." Like he's in shock. That is amazing acting. I'm like, how the fuck did he, how do you show up on set? And they're like, hey, you're in shock and um, you can't believe you got out of this. And they, it's, it almost doesn't feel like a happy ending. It feels like a, you just feel horrible for him for everything that he just went through. And it's like, he will like, he's one of those characters where it's like, I don't want to meet the real Captain Phillips. I want to meet Tom Hanks and be like, how did you play Captain Phillips that well? <laughs> As, and I'm, you know, I'm super into like maritime stuff and nautical stuff. That's why I was, I jumped all over that movie and his Captain Phillips story is amazing. And it's mm -hmm. amazing that this guy survived. Um, but the way Tom Hanks played him was so well, George Clooney doesn't do that. You know, mm -hmm. all these other high profile actors don't go to the level that Tom Hanks does. Uh, and uh, so that's why I'm going to say, um, fuck you, uh, uh, mask, you son of a bitch. Did so he say, I'm, was he just asking us or did he say he thinks that? No, he was asking. Okay. He was just trying to he, he stoke or some she flames. was asking. I'm going to say it's it's a he because I'm sexist. Okay. Yeah. But uh, real quick, Greyhound, he plays, um, he plays a character called Captain Krause. They could have come up with a better name, but. Uh, Thanks. <laughs> well, you know, actually, and he wrote that. He wrote uh, Greyhound. Yes, he did. Yeah. So Based on he, the novel The Good Shepherd. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue. Huh. Try to think of, I guess, since uh, we'll give a... But he's... I, I, this this World War II captain is not... One of his 8,000 typewriters. Actually, I have... Kyle, do you want to entertain the people for five seconds? Uh, Sure. Yeah, here, I'm gonna, speaking of his typewriters, I own one. He sent it to me. I'm going to show it to you. You're I'm just kidding. He didn't. But crook. Fuck off, Kyle. Captain Hook. Judge won't throw. Judge won't you throw the book? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, going, going over some other. All right. While we are talking, Tom Hanks and his many, many typewriters. He's going he to be Geppetto. 
Um, I'll that's that'll be the first live action Disney movie I go see. I'll still hate it, but he will he will at least it make Disney's, it good. Okay, it is a live adaptation. Okay. This is a book called Uncommon Type, and it's uh, full of short stories. It's written by Tom Hanks. Oh. So, now this sounds super pretentious, and the only reason I don't care is because it's Tom Hanks. He obviously is a. I don't know if you knew this, Kyle. He's he's a very big typewriter collector. No, he I has, did not tons of typewriters so this book is full of short stories that he wrote and they all kind of revolve around one of those typewriters and he would write them on that typewriter okay so it's a little hard to explain um now obviously you know he's not an author first and foremost so some of these i found myself like just kind of skipping through where i'm like this one is a little boring um not as good an author as he is an actor but some of them are really, really good. So if anyone ever wants to check out a decent book to, to you know, just kind of like pass some time and, you know, pick out a story here or there, Uncommon Type by Tom Hanks, one of the best actors of our generation. Chunk Taylor, it's super pretentious. Well, fuck you too then, <laughs> son of a bitch. It is. No, it really is. I, I had to buy it because I was like, I wanted to see how, how, how good of a writer he is. Mm -hmm. um, and he's he is fine uh not the best writer and i do agree that writing a bunch of stories you know revolving around each of his typewriters is a little lame but i've always liked that side of him where he's like i just collect typewriters so I mean, you gotta have a hobby and if that's his hobby by all means collect typewriters exactly now it should we throw in a little bonus here real quick since uh um i want to try to appease this uh Cinemask? Cinemask? Yeah, I can't. I, can't. <laughs> I always forget his name. Bone Bonus. Us. No. By all oh, means. Um, I'm not going to say what is your favorite Tom Hanks movie because I feel like like I could give you eight answers and they would each one would be like, this is my, no, this is my favorite. No, this is my favorite, you know, so I'm not going to do that. Private Ryan. That's yours, really? Yeah. Okay, I don't, I don't have one because uh, I could say Road to Perdition, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Apollo Thirteen, Saving Captain Private Phillips, Ryan, Apollo Thirteen, Saving Private Story Ryan would be up there for me. Um, I can't. Uh, uh, Castaway is yeah. definitely up there. I, I could, I, saw I could Castaway say in theaters. So did I. Yeah. My parents took a young boy <laughs> That's to not go that, see that film. That's not it's, a bad one to see. No, young, it's I not. saw it in theaters. It's just, it's just very. It's just very different, especially I think now. But you know what's funny is that if you show young kids that now, they might think it's like boring, right? Yeah, exactly. And you you look back and you're like, how did I sit through an almost three hour movie about a guy on an island? But so it's because he's Titanic. that good at that role, you know? Like he's so good as Chuck. Uh, I don't remember his last name in it, but um, have I Forrest Gump recently. No, uh, a couple of years ago. Jenny. Um, yeah, Jenny is kind of a bitch uh actually nicole and i talk about this a lot we're like how horrible is she that that's a whole nother because i mean essentially it, she has aids and she gets yeah. back together with them and i'm like i hope you guys i don't think they ever had intercourse um yeah worst person in the history of the universe yes um specifically for what she did to to forrest gump and how he would always do anything well that's a whole nother conversation yes she's <laughs> horrible um 
so I'm not, so let's not even talk about favorite because I mean, okay. for you saying private Ryan, for me, I've got, I literally 10 where I'm like, I can't narrow it down to one, not even five. If I wanted to worst Tom Hanks movie you've ever seen. I could not get through cloud Atlas. That's not my favorite. I got through it once. Um, and that might just be the story in itself, but no, I couldn't, I could not get through it. Yeah, that one was a little pretentious also, I feel like. Um, Man with One Red Shoe. I, I, you know what's funny is I always think that that's Steve Martin. and But then I'm like, no, that's my left foot. Or, no, that's Daniel Day-Lewis. Fuck it, whatever. Um, the Jerk. I think I'm mixing up with The Jerk. Um, I, I'm trying to think of my least favorite that I've seen. And what really irritates me is I know I'm going to remember it after this or I'll think of it. But even like Money Pit, I love. The Burbs is one of my all-time favorite cult classics. Um, a buddy that I work with and I saw it uh, a few years ago for uh, Thanksgiving in Milwaukee. Oh. Um, I almost have The Burbs memorized. If you guys haven't seen it, it's got uh, uh, Bruce Dern. Um, who's the kid? Corey Feldman. Nick. Uh, the Green Nick? Mile. What about, wait, you said Nick the Green Mile? Yeah, Nick. Like we forgot about the green mile how do we forget about it no we mentioned it i didn't hear you mention the green mile oh as one of my favorites of his yeah yeah it would well that's what i'm saying is there's a ton mm -hmm. philadelphia i don't know if you've i said that mail. i probably did yeah you've got mail is my all-time favorite um uh rom-com yeah. it's literally my number one favorite romantic comedy uh and it has been since i was like nine or ten not even joking <laughs> um but I I feel like if I say one, you're going to think like I hate it, you know, and I don't like I can't think of I heard Lady Killers wasn't good. I've never seen it. He plays like a Southern gen I'm quiet. I've also quiet. I've also heard Hologram for a King. I heard that's that I heard that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. but I haven't seen it. Um, I guess uh, if I had to pick one that I've seen. I started watching incredibly loud and or extremely loud and incredibly close where he plays a dad who dies in nine 11 and he leaves his kid like a key and, and it's almost like a scavenger hunt. He has to figure out what the key goes to. Oh my God. And I was, remember this movie. Yeah. It was so depressing. I made it like not even a quarter of the way through before I was like, yeah, I'm not watching this. So that's the only Tom Hanks movie I ever turned off. And again, not cause it was bad, but just cause I was like, I can't watch this. Cause mm -hmm. he is like a, you know, like almost like a father figure to me. Not literally. Um, that would be a little psychotic. Uh, maybe Saving Mr. Banks, mm. just okay. because it, I don't remember it that well. It's not super memorable. I'm I'm pro 9/11. That's what that means because I didn't like <laughs> I didn't like that Tom Hanks movie. <laughs> don't tell anyone. I don't need the the fuzz coming in. Um, I'd say maybe Bridge of Spies. Yeah, Bridge of Spies more. I would say yeah because that one great performances mark rylance was amazing obviously mm -hmm. tom hanks was amazing but like because yeah that that movie won oscars it, at yeah. least won one for mark rylance but it's a very heavy political not even a thriller just almost like a courtroom drama you know it's after, um it's during the, it's during the cold war yeah i'm even like the old ones, like I said, Joe versus the volcano like those hold special plays like I could watch that over and over again bachelor party I could watch uh, maybe Dragnet would be in my least mm -hmm. favorite. I would say maybe, yeah, Dragnet and uh, uh, Bridges Spies. 
he was also i know i'm remembering uh catch me if you can with leonardo dicaprio he was in that uh he was good in that yeah i don't know it's that's the thing is i can't i can't find one where i'm like that was not a good movie at all um can i bring up his imdb quick i've 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 had it up this whole time all right well let me bring it up imdb tom hanks charlie wilson's war is another great movie yeah, and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in that rip rip. Mm-hmm. So here, let me let me take a look to myself. No, Julie Roberts. I'm sorry. He Julie was in the movie Sandra Bullock. No, no, no. Saying who else? Amy Adams. Ooh, wow. Um, Emily Blunt. Really? Emily Blunt was in that movie. Wow, he's produced a shit ton of stuff. Actor. Okay, so let's see here. Can um, you do a Philip Seymour Hoffman episode? Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, I would love to. I could talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman all goddamn day. Um, yeah, extremely loud and incredibly close. Larry Crown. I feel like there was one where I was like, eh. "Angels and Demons" and uh, Da Vinci. I haven't seen Angels and Demons. Da Vinci Code. I liked um, just because I liked the book. Mm-hmm. Well. It's not a good book, but I enjoyed it. It's it's a it's a page turner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking at all these. I'm not finding. I'm not seeing one here where I'm like, that's one I did not like. It's like the worst movie. I'm not even seeing Cloud Sleepless Atlas. in Seattle. Like, Radio I can't Flyer. Even see Cloud Atlas on this list. There, there it is. I'm an idiot. Big. He was amazing. The uh, the Burbs, like I said. Um, yeah, there isn't one that I've seen on here splash i guess that might be another one i wasn't a huge fan of that movie but yeah i don't i i honestly don't have one i'd say he has one of the more solid uh you know even his worst movies aren't bad they're just not super memorable mm-hmm. you know um where even like you look at leonardo dicaprio who you know like is my oh who's your like one of your all-time favorites yeah can you hear me right now yeah Okay, I just I have a little thing here. I, I don't know if anyone knows I'm using this this week because the wife was finishing some work on my laptop, so I couldn't use my nice mic. So I'm sorry if it sounds a little tinny. Um, but even DiCaprio, like uh, Jay Edgar, you know, you would think Clint Eastwood, Leonardo DiCaprio, you got an Academy Award winner here. That movie's fucking dull. Well, that's the um, same thing with Bridge of Spies. That's Spielberg. Yeah. And, and I would say that's, I mean, yeah, that's got to be probably the closest Bridges Spies or uh, whatever the other one was. I said, uh, maybe Saving Mr. Banks. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but uh, no, I don't think he he plays a version of himself every movie. I think I think he is so electrifying on screen that it's easy to say he's playing a version of himself because you're watching that electric actor and he has that same kind of energy in every movie he does. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily the same thing as playing the same version of himself every time um capote will require at least 45 i feel like capote would be its own movie and that's one of my favorite books of all time in true blood um which truman capote wrote uh and philip seymour hoffman i've never seen capote all the way through i don't think um but i've never watched it if you watch truman capote talk and then you compare that with philip seymour hoffman it is absolutely unbelievable. And it's weird too. And I know we got to wrap this up here soon because mm-hmm. I got shit I have to do. But now that we're talking about this real quick, I get very irritated with people. So I, I have a friend who thinks that um, 
Rami Malek should not have won for Bohemian Rhapsody Ooh. because he said, uh, you know, he won best actor for that. And he said, yeah. he's just doing an impression of Freddie Mercury. And I said to him, okay, well, that's would you say, would you say it was a good impression? He was like, yeah, it was great, but he was just doing an impression. And I said to him, okay, Philip Seymour Hoffman in, in, in Capote, uh, he's a hack because he was just doing a, a, a spot on impression. He's like, well, no, that's different. I was like, no, it's not. How's that different? And now, granted, Bohemian Rhapsody is an oak. Uh, I like it. I like it. I'm a huge Queen fan. It's not very accurate to what happened, and oh, it's it no, feels no, a little no. too like overly produced. But uh, but I I I don't like that. Like where I know a few people who are like, well, if you're playing somebody, like just because you studied them and you know you could play them well, you're just doing an impression. That doesn't mean you're a good actor. And I'm like, I don't I don't think it's that simple. You know, like. If they hired me to play Capote or if they hired uh, me to play Jim Level, like there's there's a level of like uh, discipline that comes with trying to make that role as best as it can be. And I don't think you should be like, well, okay. I mean, essentially what they're saying then is, okay, you can't win an Academy Award if you're playing someone in a biopic because you're just doing an impression of that person. Mm -hmm. You know, so I always, then again, the Academy Awards are fucking stupid. So. Yeah. Yeah. So. Tell us, do you think Tom Hanks is overrated? Uh, feel free to uh, tweet at us at either one of our uh, Twitter handles, uh, at CalCross89 or at Nick Sherifensky. You're giving me a weird look, Nick. I'm, uh, I'm not trying to. <laughs> uh, you can also uh, follow, follow the podcast here on Twitch. Uh, we do this usually every friday at like 5 30 uh central standard time uh tonight was different um but that's okay uh twitch.tv slash kcrows89 uh nick also streams every once in a while nick what is your username uh no uh, nick gw n-i-c-k-g-w-s mm -hmm. oh and actually i am streaming mass effect 2 tonight Oh, there you go. So I will be streaming tonight. I just beat the first one a couple nights ago. There you go. So uh, come back next week. We're going to be talking uh, Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, and who knows what else? Maybe some more DC animated talk and more DC talk. And uh, so until next time, we all bid you adieu. Goodbye. <laughs>